Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome back. Monday night, the live lounge returns after a little break for the Grand Slam of Darts. Phil Bars, Jack Garwin and Lee Boyce all here. Take you through the next few hours and I get the feeling, gents, there may be some Fergie time tonight. Well, every World Cup game's over around by at least 10 minutes so far, so we might as well do the same. At least 24 <laughs> 20 minutes. Yeah, last night, the opener was only 10 minutes. It was a 100-minute game. Uh, I, Phil, I do think we need to start the show with an apology for that travesty that's behind your left shoulder. There's absolutely no effing apology happening for my Christmas decorations. None whatsoever. Mm. So 21st you're November. 10 days early, so we're not going to go too hard, but at least colour coordinated, mate. Come on, what is that? I couldn't care less. It's Christmas. It's not. It's November. It is. <laughs> like me sitting here look, doing this. Look, the lights are on in London. That's good enough for me. Winter Wonderland is open. Good enough for me. So you're bowing down to commercial pressure. I feel like that might be a topic of discussion tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's started, everyone. That is for sure. Uh, we've just shared some links on social as well, guys. So much appreciated. If you could give them um, a a share for us, um, look. It's going to be an interesting show, boys. There was, there's plenty to talk about. But one, it's finally happened. Bully Boy has done it. Um, there was some other huge news that dropped today. We've also got a, a preview of the Players' Championship and everything else in between. Um, <laughs> of, of, of all days. Um, welcome along in the chat room, everyone, as well. It is nice and full already. Great to have you all in and involved. And look, have your say um, as well. Look, we know we don't hide from stuff on here. We will answer it and we will give our opinions and everything as well. So, boys, right, where, will we, where would you like to start this evening? The end of the show. Slam just, or yeah, today's slam. news first? Let's do slam. the slam first. <laughs> let's ease ourselves <laughs> in a bit. <laughs> um, let's do the slam then. Let's do the slam then the players and then a review of the past 11 months and then we'll just move on from anything else that's happened today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're quite going to get away with that one, boys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So... The Grand Slam of Darts, boys. First of all, before we dive into it, 
overall opinion on the 2022 Slam? I mean, Boise, you were there, but from, from the outside, from me, the crowd seemed better than Leicester in terms of numbers and behaviour a couple of moments, but you tend to get that in every tournament nowadays. wasn't Eurotour level or anything like that, but a couple of glimpses of idiots. Um, overall standard of the tournament, I thought, was pretty good, especially once we got to the latter stages and the longer format. Sometimes you might see one or two of them crashed down, but I think everybody gave a decent account of themselves. Interesting to see Price and Van Gerwen beaten over that considerable distance. I mean, the same problems with the tournament still exist in terms of three race to 16s in a row at that point is not needed. Playing people from your group in the quarterfinals is stupid. Um, and there's way too many things to decide now. We, we just want to know if players finish level and level of leg difference, you want a nine dart shootout. Averages should never decide anything. Yeah, I look, and but just by listening in and around, I don't think there's any plans to bring the nine dart shootout back anytime soon. Sadly. Shocking. At this point, the Moda Super Series is considerably better than the Grand Slam of Darts. And also. I'm not convinced the Civic is going to happen next year. I think, I think generally, um, from being there on in a word capacity, in a fan capacity, and seeing a lot of it on TV, I think that's the best tournament we've seen, Elders Aldersley, from fan participation, from the right behaviours, and being whistling. And actually, on the quality on stage as well, that's probably up there as the best one we've seen there. I know we've only seen a handful, um, just sort of a handful there. But I think it was all positive signs this week um, in regards to what we saw. And with Dob, there's still stuff that needs to be looked at from a Grand Slam perspective. But the stuff that needed to be looked at didn't come to fruition during the week. They were stuff we knew that was going to happen before the tournament. So looking at the tournaments as we knew what was done at home, for me, it's probably the most enjoyable Grand Slam I've seen for a fair few years. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, it was, it was, there was bits I liked, there was bits I didn't like particularly. Um, Yeah, look, I, I still love the group stages. Um, and it was good that going into the final group stages, there were still lots on them as well, where in previous years they'd been kind of dead. But this year, the way the fixtures worked out, there was plenty um, to, to play for, which was which was always a, a good thing. Yeah, I think that the Monday and Tuesday were always either going to be fantastic or going to massively under-deliver due to what's on the dames. And I think more the Tuesday than the Monday... Well, I think on the Tuesday we had seven dames that had something on it. I think it might have just been the first one on Tuesday. I don't remember which one it was. Um, uh, what Amina versus Leonard dates, I believe. Um, but the yeah. rest of them had at least one player in those seven that had something riding on it, if not both players. So it did 
make that group stage format a lot better. Obviously, if you've got dames that are dead rubbers, you'd lose that a little. I think there's a couple on Monday and one on Tuesday. But generally, like says, I think it, it, it delivered in that. The midweek, I was on Fallout Bar with Dan for a few days and me and Dan mentioned it a few times that we had some fantastic nights of uh, of darts, which we don't always see at the slam. We normally see an odd dame, but we saw a few fantastic nights, I thought. Uh, evening, John. Hope you are good. Um, right, so we're not going to go through every game, but we've, we've got the groups up. I just want your highlights from groups A and B. Look, group A, the highlight has to be Raymond Van Barneveld. And look, rolling back the years is used too often, but this was. We saw some absolute vintage Barney at times. Don't disagree yeah. with that. Uh, in terms of the best game of the group, though, I thought the prize versus Chisnall shootout was probably the best game of that group. But, yeah, look, Barney winning three from three in that group should never have happened. I don't think anybody was tipping that. Even the most hardcore Barney fans oh, of the last well, well, 30 well, well, well. years out of the three of us, who was the one that said Barney would get out of the group? You didn't say he'd win all three, did you? No, don't be, don't be started to, to take credit for that. You had going past not losing a match and you snuck a Barney in there because both of us had gone chizzy to try and be different. You had absolutely no hope of Barney getting out of the group, especially not in top position. I said that Barney would beat Chisnell to get out of the group and Barney beat Chisnell and got out of the group. I'm not having it. It's a bit like Dan back in Barney to beat Price in the quarterfinals or whatever it was after me and Lee had already predicted pretty heavy victories for Gerwin Price because he wasn't back on the following day and thought he'd get away with it if it didn't come anywhere near. No. No, 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 no,
interesting. Um, right, moving on to Group C and D. Um, I think it's fair to say Group C went exactly as as most people thought it would. No, yeah, I, think I we definitely only thought we were going to rip Ted Asher get out of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming an outrageous shit. <laughs> hey, just just be true to your roots, God. Come on. Don't be like that. Don't be bitter and twisted. I mean, I nailed this one, but yeah, all right. <laughs> I, was, I was dropping a <laughs> dose of sarcasm in there. But yeah, Sam. Um... Yeah, look, Group Group C, Joe Cullen and, and Michael Smith, the, the absolute standouts. Um, group D, how Rob Cross got through that, I've got no idea. Because, Boise, for, for Rob Cross's standards, it wasn't at the races and, and Martin Schindler blew it, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly that. that that's exactly how Rob Cross got through. It wasn't by um, moments of quality. It was by opportunities given to him by Schindler on the... On the Monday, I don't think what day it was that. Um, on the Monday, it, it was disappointing because there was a lot expected of Cross. And we opened up on the Saturday after being 2 0 down to Dorlas and then winning the five on the spin. And it looked very, very impressive. And it just went downhill from there in the group. But it's done enough, yeah, uh, absolutely. And then Group E, Jeff and F. Group E had a bit of everything, boys. Um, first of all, sending best wishes to Joe and, and Peter Wright. Um, obviously, Joe was taken to hospital when Peter was actually playing as well. He literally got back to the practice room to be told that Joe had called an ambulance and, and been taken back in um, to, to hospital. Um, so, look, speedy recovery for, for the Wrights. This group had a little bit of everything, and, and this was the the magic at the end. And look, Fallon sat rock bottom. Didn't play as look. I thought she was going to play worse. If I'm being honest, I thought she was undercooked coming into it. Hadn't had enough board time, but I was actually look, her doubling was horrific. And but she she knows that. So she actually scored really really well. Yeah, I think. That's the biggest surprise as well, because whenever Fallon has had success in the men's game or, or in the PDC game or, or on TV, it has been a doubling or a finishing, a clutch finishing, uh, uh, two dark combos that have really stood out. And, and that's what other players and managers, etc., in the sport noticed after those runs at the World Championship and everything else as well. Like, actually, uh, finishing under pressure is the real deal. And, and that's why she's had success on the TV. That wasn't quite there this year round. As I said, I thought her finishing was was pretty standard. Uh, scoring was pretty good, sorry. Um, but yeah, finishing let her down in this one. Peter obviously with, with far more pressing things on his mind come that final game against Nathan Aspinall. Um, I thought Suits was quality, carried on some very, very good form in the last few weeks since he's had that um, set-up tinkering session with Mission. Um, and Aspinall is looking... Just as good as the Nathan Aspen is a as a major winner in the past. Yeah, on the equipment change, we'll talk about this if we get a chance later on. Because it's obviously working in one respect, 
but we'll talk about the moulded south at the end if we if we get time. But that that last game was just so good with with, with it all on it. And look, commiserations to to Peter, but look, you could see that he, his mind was a million miles from the hockey, and, and rightfully so in that last um, last game. Um, yeah. Group F. The highlight of Group F for me was Leonard Gates's horrific miscounting. As as we all said, was we expected at some point throughout the the week. And he certainly, bad, yeah, he, he certainly delivered on that front, didn't he? Um, for me, it's just another TV disappointment for Damon Hatter. To yes, there was at, at spells Jermaine Watamina played very well, but that first game really, really put a dent in Hatter's chances and. Yes, I know we beat Clayton last time, but by then, realistically, it was as good as Donny. Did he have to win 5 0? And 5 0, maybe 5 1. 5 1, I think. Yeah. And just by then, it's just another disappointment for someone who we know didn't play well. Obviously, he's picked up the World Cup this year, but it seems like a knot on from the World Series. Um, just needs that little bit of luck. Obviously, here he's missed out by um, one lead. So, it is a crawl and it just seems to be that's the way it's going for Diamondette at the moment. But Jermaine Watamina played well throughout the group and Johnny Clayton just done enough. He wasn't fantastic. Clayton, it's probably the Clayton we've seen since the Premier League's ended to now, but it, it was enough still to, to that over the line. And obviously, for three dames, I think we saw three or four the points to the camera as we tend to see from Johnny Clayton. Look, Johnny needs just to go on holiday. Just get mine out of the yeah. way and just clear off yeah. for 10 days. Put the dogs yeah, down and just clear off. Um, but yeah, then the two box office groups, shall we say. Um, group G, first of all, look, Michael Van Gogh in top of the group, but everyone will remember that ridiculous game between Michael Van Gerwen and Ross Smith, where the treble 20 looked like an absolute bucket and Ross Smith couldn't help but batter it. You summed that up pretty well. I thought Rafferty was a little unfortunate. I don't think he's disgraced himself, but he was a, a bit of a step below the other three at the minute. Um, what else? Played pretty well in that first game. To beat Ross Smith will probably be a little bit gutted that he lost that last leg to Rafferty in the end because that would have put him through, I believe, um, ultimately, maybe. I'm not sure on legs in the end, actually. Um, but Smudger carried on where he left off from the Euros and got through second with, with MVG. Yeah, but then Group H, it didn't disappoint, did it? And... We'll come on to Josh Rock more in, in, in a minute, but it was Humphreys and, and Rock that came through. But the other two in their group played a huge, huge part in this. Uh, Ryan Sell finished bottom, but Scott Williams, we saw the good, the bad and the ugly of Scott Williams, that he is going to be interesting on tour next year. Game one against Luke Humphreys didn't turn up when the DRA fine is coming. Game number two, he lost out in a last leg decider to Josh Rock in a much improved performance. And in the last one, we saw the real Scott Williams turn up average 107 and a half on TV. Yeah, 
and that, that's probably sums it up that throughout the the group stages, the three games, obviously the the very quick games, but we saw so many different sides to stop Williams and for him to put in that level of performance against Ryan Searle. Just to sort of summarise how good this group was, Ryan Searle finished bottom of the group and his two losses is average 101 and 103. And I know it's not all about averages and, and comments that early on, but to that to be the level of performance and to finish bottom of the group just shows that this delivered in every aspect it could have done. Um, obviously, the misdemeanours of starting the first game will toss him a pretty penny or two, and probably rightfully so. Um, yeah, and that was followed up by another player later on in the week. But the group oh, no, on, the, on the board. Yeah. I saw four that are going to get DRA notes. Um, well, I saw three, but the, 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 the probably was a lot more. But um, yeah, the, the group on the board certainly certainly delivered, and it was it was a fantastic group. But I know, I know in this just... one, all I, I can I can remember in this that I tipped Ryan Searles that for him, and the fact that when he beat Josh Roth first time five four, I thought. Oh, I might have I might have actually tipped one direct here and then how we played in the next two games and didn't that through is just ridiculous. Yeah, no, because um obviously the, the PDC social team clip everything that goes on social media and it looks great. And when, when the tournament director walks in and went, Can you clip this one for me, please? You know where that one's going. <laughs> and there was there, there there was at least four that I've seen that are going that are getting letters. <clears throat> I thought Aspinall's response was pretty funny. The very yeah. next chance he got to walk off stage, he was as glad his back. I thought that was pretty amusing. To be aware in that mindset, to still make a bit of a joke, I thought was, was really good from him. It was the look and, on his face the, when he got caught and he realised the camera was there the first time. That was the one for me, yeah. I'm with you on that, Phil. The, the initial reaction, the, the change of facial expression as soon as he's taught, he, know, he knows he's done in. 100% knows he's done in straight away. Yeah. Uh, also, commiserations to Nathan Aspel missing out on the N-Dubs reunion tour. And we also got a na-na-nine from him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let's not talk anymore, N-Dubs. That got me in enough trouble on the show on Friday. <laughs> well, what, what, why was that gone? <laughs> Nothing. Um, moving on to the knockout <laughs> stages. Um, look, this is where the Grand Slam came alive in, in, in a way. Uh, Barney beating Simon Willock. Willock averaged 101 gob and, and lost. <laughs> Seemed to be the trend against Barney, didn't it? Banging a ton plus and watching... I don't even want to say James Wade-esque beat players, but he was constantly running at lower averages than his opponents and looked like he was giving James them trouble. Right? I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it happened. Uh, no. Then the world number one, Boise, looked dead and buried against Danny Knopper. That 1-6-4 is up there with finishes of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. He looked, he looked dead and buried in the group and then Chizzy, he, he was... He survived uh, match starts on Chizzy and then he looked dead and buried in this one at 7-4, I think it was. But that that one six four yeah. to level the game up at a piece, he did just turn the match. It, it took absolutely everything out of Noppy and he survived once more. And it's at that point where a lot of the conversations is, oh, it's pros at Aldersley. 
is his name on the hat. Yeah. Some person says there's only one person from this after draw route to make the final in Derwin Price. Did they not, Dob? We've gone early tonight, so it's, it, it's, it's a free-for-all now. God's broken the mould. Um, then, look, this, this was closer than what I thought it was going to be. That I thought Michael Smith would batter Rob Cross, the performances we've seen, but Volsic upped it, but ultimately wasn't wasn't enough. Um, Dirk van Dijvenboda got steamrolled by Joe Cullen, and it was a surprise from Dirk, because, again, we'll, we'll play the clip shortly, but did look as if Dirk gave up. Yes. And that wasn't good to see either, because somebody who's been in contention and is one of those that, look, I'm not sure he's going to get it next year, but Dirk is certainly one of the players that is entertaining enough, talented enough, and going in the right direction in terms of rankings to be potential Premier League calibre and, and everything else that goes with it. If you're not giving everything in games and, and just rolling over at that point, basically, that, that's not a good look for image-wise. No. I agree. Um, then Alan Suter caused the upset, beating Johnny Clayton. And when you see 10-8, you think this was close. But I remember watching it thinking there was only one player playing well here. And, and that was Alan Suter. And it was surprising it was that close. Like he got a little bit jittery towards the end and Johnny pinched a couple of legs here and there. But ultimately, Suter's played some super stuff. Yeah, it should have been sealed a lot earlier. Suits was in total control. And, yeah, watching the day doesn't really reflect the storyline. But it was just the nerves of getting over the winning line that made that 10-8 instead of a 10-5, 10-6. It was in total control from the off. And I know we've already alluded to it. Clayton, it just seems like he just needs a rest, which is worrying because we're coming to the business end of the year and... Someone needs a rest this time of the year. Yes, it, I know it's been a very long year and the Lund is probably for Johnny Clayton's darting career, but it's just worrying signs with two left. But Suits was fantastic in this game and fully deserved then, the win. And then this one, boys. A game of the year contender. Josh Rock hits a nine data, almost breaks his ankle. Um, Michael Van Gerwen at one point was threatening the world record average. They both put in an absolute stunning performance and it was a real wow game moment. Yeah, and somehow Josh found a way to be the plucky loser because, to be honest, I thought he was making all the moves in that one, especially as he had the advantage of winning the bullseye, so he was throwing first. It always looked like it was about can he get in front and, and stay in front. Um, but Michael just thought that was it the 142? Yeah. I think it was. I've got the 142. Yeah. That, that completely swung that. So. But is he still developing, as Big Johnny says? <laughs> good run at the Worlds and Josh Rock is in contention to get one of those World Series in January. 
Ward's here. He's not against. If anybody says the other invitation, I have issues. No, with. no, 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 no. I, I think I think he's, I think he's in contention for one of those World Series because it's a perfect cup time to to showcase. Yeah, it can't be in the it can't yeah, be in the, can't be in the other invitation. No, but he can't be in the other invitational anyway. Does Barney's got that spot now, ain't he? Does he want a day? No. <laughs> um, and then Luke Humphreys beat Ross Smith. Right, quarterfinals. This was the big shock. Who saw this one coming? Over 20, 29 legs, Raymond Van Barnabas beats Gerwin Price, who averaged over a tonne. Yeah, I saw this coming, honest. <laughs> Not. All right, Dan. I'm still not really sure how it did happen. And up until Barney hit double 18 or what is it, double nine, left the one five. Look, when he leaves the one five six and he two travels in, you're like, perfect. This is, this is going. This is one of those fairy tale moments that you only get in sport that he's going to reel up the best performance of his career and finish off with that finish. But the rest of it was just all a bit... Even right up at that very end, I did not expect him to hit the winning double. No. No, again, but... Price will be disappointed. Was it 8-3 he led? 5 clear? 8-3, yeah. 8-3 to 10-8, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was just bonkers. Um, then, this one was full of drama, that's for sure. Michael Smith came from the brink to beat Joe Cullen in an last leg decider. And you could see that that one hurt Joe at, at the end. That, that, that one stung. Yeah, it didn't. At the time, the the two fifteen daughters and eleven daughters, a two fifteen daughters on throw eleven daughter, um, break from Michael Smith was just world class. And part of me thought, and it was less leads, but when we think back to like the World Championship final, and initially a lot of people were saying that Michael Smith bottled it, but when you actually look back at how well Peter Wright played, it was nothing to do with Michael Smith throwing it away. It was how well um, Peter Wright played. This is very similar, but over a, a smaller format in leads at the end. Those three leads, Michael Smith was just unplayable. Jolton had to find a 12 under that pressure. It was just, a, it was a very, very good day, but finished in fantastic spot, uh, style by Bully Boy. Yeah. Um, Nathan Aspinall, too strong for Alan Souter in the end. And then Luke Humphreys causing the upset, beat Michael Van Gerwen 16-10. Scrappy early on from both, but the big moments came from Humphreys. Uh, 167, 142, and was it a 130? Three big ton plus finishes when it really mattered, and, and that gave him the, the, the advantage. And at this point, Luke Humphreys was, was looking good. Moving on to the Sunday Cup Collection Day, but it was semi finals in the afternoon. And look, Michael Smith does what Michael Smith has been doing a lot of this year. 104 average, played some really, really good stuff and ended the dream of Raymond Van Barneveld. And it was one of those ones that Smith was always in control, but it's maybe took him a little bit longer to get rid of Barney than what he would have wanted. 
Yeah, and I think there was they were they were overplaying a narrative that Mark Smith was poor on his doubles throughout this match as well. By the way, he was still thirty percent. He's still in one of three. He just Barney was picking off when Smith was missing. That was the main thing because Barney had just as many attempts at doubles in the end. It was just the legs and the performances. You always thought that Smith had enough in the tank here. He was still leading, pegged back a little bit. I didn't expect Barney to recover from a 5-0 deficit after recovering from such a deficit against Gezi the day before. Um, so still a little bit surprised by that. But, yeah, look, Smith was ridiculously good. To average 104 over 28 legs is just outstanding. Yeah. Um, and that second semi-final, Nathan Aspinall, was just a little bit better than Luke Humphreys. Luke looked potentially a, a, a little bit flat, maybe, um, after beating MBG. And it was close early on, but Aspinall just seemed to always keep him at arm's length and, and get over the line. Yeah, it was just, for me, the finishing was the, the difference. Um, Humphreys did look a bit flat. We've seen it many a times when someone's beating MVG. In a TV tournament, the follow-up day into Norway's deflate you a little bit. I'm not sure there was a huge difference, you know, Humphreys played against MVGs. He did Aspinall other than them big finishes. But Aspinall's finishing was just the difference. And it's he it seemed to have, which is, he it, it fell out on the, the night with this, but he seemed to just have too much energy up there. He seemed to be the fresher of the two. Aspinall did. And it, it was enough to get him over the line. And then Humphreys in a... In a good semi-final. Yeah. Before we get on to the final, it's a huge advantage playing in that first semi-final, isn't it? Because the long format and then the, the turnaround from that second semi-final to the final, it's huge. Because Michael Smith got to leave the venue, go and clear his head. Potentially, I guess it, it depends on the player as well and, and their preparation. But it's, it's absolutely no shock that that players do drink, but actually that shorter turnaround time might just mean you just top up rather than completely rebuild and, and go again sort of thing. I, I think it's very much dependent on the players. It'd be interesting to see historically how often in this and the UK Open, how often the first semi-finalist wins? I'm just doing the slam as we speak now. I, Phil, part of it though, I, I do think sometimes it needs to be looked back further. You've got to think Michael Smith's coming into, and Barney coming into this Sunday, having the Saturday off as well. So yes, they've got the two dames and they've got the early semi-final. But the fact that they've had the Saturday off, so they've had the, a full day off beforehand, I think that is just as important, if not more important, than that first semi-final. Because Aspinall's had to play 28 ten. legs on... Eight of the last ten first semi-finalists have won the Grand Slam. Which which also would have meant that they've played on the Friday. For me, that no, says yeah. that's, that, it's huge. Aspinall's had to play 28 legs on Saturday night and then come back and do another... 40, very quick, 49 legs on the Sunday. You could tell there was a, you could tell he was a little bit drained in that final and um, it told, didn't it? 
But we've, However, we've spoke about this. This, this is one someone I'm surprised about. Talked about it before. Same with the European Championships. The moment that everyone has been waiting for. Michael Smith has his hands on a televised ranking event to go with the Shanghai Darts Master and the New York. Um, look, everyone has waited for this. And I don't think there's anyone that's begrudged Michael Smith this title. It's been a very, very long time coming. And there were plenty of people that started to believe this would never happen. Plenty of people that were questioning Michael Smith's ability and his nerve and his bottle, for want of a better word, in finals and attributing some negative things towards Michael Smith. And look, when you look at other players that have been given that reputation in the past that couldn't get over the line in finals, you Terry Jenkins, you Dave Chisnell, I don't think any of them returned to finals as quickly as Smith has done. I don't think they kept putting themselves in that position often enough. And I don't think they changed their mentality. Michael Smith's mentality over the last few months and years and, and whatever else has, has been superb. The way that he picked himself up after the UK Open was perhaps the most important factor for me. Because yeah. the World Championship final, he did absolutely nothing wrong. He's playing to an incredibly high standard. And at that point, Peter Wright finds another gear that is potentially... 10 of the best 11 legs you will ever see in a World Championship final. He averaged 113 for 10 of the next 11 legs to, to win that World Championship final. I genuinely don't think that level spoken about enough because it was against Marcus Smith, who had this reputation of not getting over the line in the finals. Not but I think that was the first time really in any of the finals that Michael Smith has made it to where he went in as heavy favourite, not slight favourite, not edging it, not, oh, yeah, if he turns up, he's got a chance. He went in as heavy, heavy favourite. And that got to him, I think. The pressure of getting, the pressure of being in that position got to him. The fact they played so many times over the last couple of days, I think, didn't help either. And that one seemed to hurt him a lot. But to go straight back to the European Championship finals, again, Ross Smith was absolutely superb in that. Bully Boy did absolutely nothing wrong. Um, but then to get over the line in such a convincing manner, I do question... If Aspinall had started to get back in him a little bit, if the result may have been a bit different, but once he wins 11 or 12 legs on the spin or whatever it was, that, that's, you're never coming back from there. That, that, that's dead and buried territory. Um, Nathan was a little bit jaded, I think, by the time we got to this final. You could see how frustrated he was. That it wasn't quite working for him, wasn't quite coming off for him. Um, but look, he's been promising this. He's been saying all the right things. All, all year. And, and that's what's made me and others keep believing that Marcus Smith will get over the line. And I guess now, the thing is, can he go and reproduce it and can he go and win a lot more? Because that's always been the thing. That's been the narrative for the last three, four, five years. Once Marcus Smith gets one, he will go and get 10s, 20s, 30 major titles. Right? He's got the pressure of going and reproducing that next time because now he's got the monkey off his back. Can he just go and do, right, bang, I'm going to have another one. And I think it's almost the quicker he can win the second one. I, I genuinely think that second one might be just as important to Smith as the first. And after that, yeah. it will all unfurl. But if he has heartbreak in the second one a couple of times, where the perception is everything will just come that little bit easier to him right now, 
that that might be a difficulty right. for him. Right, we've got some clips to play from the Grand Slam. First of all, we'll do the winner and runner-up. Finally, I feel like I've arrived now. I've got the first title under my belt, and no one can say it anymore. Michael Smith's never won a title. As soon as you know when you shout it proper, I was like, "Yeah, it's done. Get in." And yeah, he was. He was weird. It was like even I couldn't have messed that up. There was no way I could have lost eleven legs on the spin. Then, oh, yeah, I don't know what's there. Yeah, I've done. I've won everything. PDC got to offer now. Like I've got TV. I've got every different type type of title. Now it's time to be greedy now and get more, and that's what I want. I like that. Not even I could mess this one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was as it was as plain sailing as you would like after being in eight finals and not winning one. Yeah, um, and then you can see just this expression says it all. Yeah, the asp was. From the start, um, absolute horrific performance for myself. Couldn't, could not find the 20. You know, I started switching it to the treble 19s because I was hitting the treble 19 with ease. But I, I, if you're playing someone like Michael Smith and, and you're not scoring, you're in trouble from the start. And just one of them games, I just couldn't score. I went off at the stage, I went back on the practice board, um, and I was hitting 180 galore. Go back on stage, can't hit anything. Just one of them, just a bad night at the office. Is now I can do or say or change about what happened. Um, just one of them games, but uh, yeah, fair play to Michael. You know, he did he did what he needed to do. He he won his, his first major, and uh, I'm dead happy for him. I, I actually generally that happy for the guy. Um, and yeah, I'll. I'll Take the positives from this week. Another major final. I'm absolutely buzzing um, to, to get to another final. Um, so that's how I'm going to leave uh, Wolverhampton. A nice response there from from the Asp. You can just in his voice, you can you can hear how devastated he was. But look, right now, I think he's in pole position for a Premier League return as well. Yeah, I think right no, now he's, he's in the genuinely end. happy. He's just been absolutely pumped in a major final, and the first thing he did was pile on to Bully Boy who'd fallen on the floor. Yeah. Um, but that yeah, was I, good. I think, I, I, I think right now he's in one of the eight spots. Back to that finals, you had to say nine. Um, Not one more yet. We're going to play this one, because this will give so many of you false hope. And it's the hope... Did you do that for me? And it's the hope do that, that kills you. Um, that's a big game to get over knowing how well Josh has been playing because he's a fantastic player there's no doubt about that you look at the stats he's number one in the world at the moment on the on the stats that I've seen and um, obviously to get a win you know enjoy upsetting the uh, the form you know practice have you anything scheduled in with a certain flying Scotsman that's not here well I was meant to practice with him last uh, this week but obviously uh, no last week but I was busy so I couldn't really make it so um, he's closed the fishing lakes Mondays and Tuesday nights now, so that's the nights we'll practice. Hopefully, so um, obviously before the worlds, we'll get a few sessions in, and um, I don't want to get him too warmed up because he'll smash everyone. <laughs> the fact that not we're going to try and organise some sessions. The fact that the lakes has been closed for two nights a week. How much is that hope killing you right now, God? Piss off. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's coming out. Let's, let's lean on that one instead because we're used to that one. It's killing you, isn't it? But it might happen. But the, 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 the Gary may may practice. Um, right, this one is broken English, but it's absolutely genius. And we all know that I love to push players on the Premier League and get them talking about it. This one came from at absolutely nowhere and up, this is up there with one of the most interesting interviews of arguably the year this is best feeling this a feeling so good in that seven month no play Mansell is back I think he's finished for Mansell and then going to children <laughs> really really but I think uh, I'm finished I'm finished I think next moment is okay. I, I'm okay. I practice and do this five months. Five months and no practice. I think I'm out. I'm out. One hundred percent. I'm practice player. I'm uh, every day five, six, seven, ten hours. I'm no problem. In moment I practice two, three, four hours. This is small for me, really. In 2023, are we going to see the real Mensor Sulevich back? Mensor smiling, playing in. in Everything Premier League. I'm playing Premier League. I tell my boss this year I'm playing Premier League. I've been um, seven final, final in the whole championship. Is that, is that yes. game still in you? Yes. Do, you? do you still yes. believe that you have that yes. game that yes. we saw you get to the top, win the Champions League, play in the Premier League? That game is still in mental It's my fan, no Premier League. I hope it's next year. Mental, thank you very much. <laughs> I have no words. I can't say what I want to. So next. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, then we're gonna have a little bit of suits. Horrendous. I just, I've just been in that room watching that game on TV. It was horrendous. So I now understand how my partner Amanda feels when she watches me play that. You have no control over your destiny, and I'm just so relieved. So relieved. Sat there watching or pacing up and down in the practice room. Asked the guys that were in there. They were just laughing at me. Just it was incredible trying to just either support one or the other or just stay calm. It was it was impossible. But I think in the context of the game, the one three two check out was huge. Because Fallon was Fallon was banging in 180, and I'm like, oh, please, please, just let me hit this check out. And I actually looked at treble 14 because the bull was a bit obscured, and I thought, oh, I might go in. Then no, that's good enough. Five two was good enough in the end. Only just. We need player cam when they're waiting on results, like at the World Cup. They need no. to be put in a room with a TV with the camera on them. No, because they'll only try and split screen that with a terrible background. <laughs> I like the split screen. The background was I like the split the screen. Split screen the concept I like. idea of a split screen, good. The, I don't know what the word is, execution, terrible. Honestly, it, it sounds stupid because this is exactly what we're doing right now, but it looked like a 2019 lockdown stream. Look, you could tell that Sky had new director and, and whatever because they tried a lot more stuff. Um, let's say the 
punditry team weren't happy with the return of comms cam. Um, That's terrible. Why do you need to see the commentators? You don't see it in any other sport. You do. You do? Not start? really. Football? Boxing? Yeah. Terrible. Not all football. Some football. You see Gary Neville at the start. That's it. Not too keen on that. They'll cut to him. Yeah, he'll do. Um, But yeah. Um, Paul, I don't know. The Colin Monk one from Lakeside is legendary. Um, Right. We're going to play a part of this because it's topical. This was during the slam after said interviews. Uh, There's a bit from his game as well, but then we'll run in to today. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's just coming from, you know, the short period of experience I've got in the PDC, but I know it's like to lose. I absolutely hate losing and I'll give it my all right to the end. And yeah, it's just, um, I'm never beat till our last double goes in, but I never used to be like that. Things have changed over the last couple of years and I just never give up until, like I said, the last double's in and I'm out. <laughs> I think she knows what to do. I mean, she's been, she's probably had as much, if not uh, even more than what I've had. So maybe she should, should give me some advice. But, you know, it's a tough world out there. You, you're out here to earn a living and, and, and you're out there to do a job. But there's always critics, no matter how good you are, how bad you are. But yeah, I do really feel bad for the way she is and people, the way people treat her. But it's, it's life and you just got to deal with it. Obviously, that came off the back off of Fallon's interviews with some of the um, media regarding uh, uh, treatment and, and whatever. First of all, boys, what did you think of them? Because I thought she was actually really open and, and really honest with the way she was feeling, whether that's right or, or wrong, but the, the way she felt at the time, you don't get that honesty from a lot. No, I guess that's built up. I mean, first of all, I guess we all know why she was doing said interview now. So that, that bit could be hidden because they were pre-world championship media interviews that we couldn't say what they were. Um, yeah, I think she handled that bit really well. I think she's hit not bottom, but has experienced a very, very tough part of being a professional sports person in the last six to nine months performances haven't been what she would have expected of herself and, and what those around expect of her, um, including fans. She's still receiving opportunities that she's taken and, and anybody that says they wouldn't take them, I don't believe you. Um, and and to, to deal with the backlash of something that for a large part, a personality or character of her has been created on social media that is absolutely not her fault, absolutely nothing to do with her or the way she acts. And I think she's handled it pretty well, but at some point it is going to get to people. And I think that it was a well-measured interview given how we could only presume how well she was feeling. Yeah. Um, Right, before we talk about it, we're going to play this clip to give some context to the argument because there's been a lot said today 
regarding the World Championship announcement that it was off of the back of the Women's Series. All right, we'll, we'll play this and, and then we'll discuss. Because in context, this was done on, I went back, I think it was the 9th of October, this interview was conducted. Just, just to give some context of times and dates. So there's still one spot floating around. Have you decided where that's going to yep. go yet? You going to let us know or not? Nope. <laughs> no, look, we've got a couple of irons in the fire still. There, there is still some difficulties in Asia with COVID, um, with players tra travelling. I mean, already today we've found out two, two Asian players who are going to come over for the development tour and the, and the World Youth Championship haven't got their visas in time. There are some challenges in that part of the world. Um, so we're keeping our options open but narrowed, you know, and yeah, it, yeah, it'll, it'll, be no, it'll be no, the people who are in the running know that they're in the running, they know what needs to happen, they know, so of course, it's, yeah, all, yeah. it's all being planned, but I don't want to say something because if somebody's then doesn't materialise, they'll feel let like down, yeah, you know, no, so of course, I understand that. It's, it's still complicated and, and that is really the only part of the world where um, there's still any sort of COVID issues yeah. and unfortunately they've lasted a little bit longer than probably anybody would have wanted, so... Uh, it'll be a couple of weeks and then it'll all become clear. Right. In regards to that famous 96th spot, that this was not a knee-jerk reaction. This has been planned for a while. Yes, look. First of all, my overriding opinion is that we should be celebrating the fact there are three women in the world championships yeah. for everything that has gone on obviously it's not do i like the decision of three absolutely do i like the timing of this absolutely not and that's the issue is is the, the timing of the announcement yeah <coughs> can we can we just put some some context and other things onto this and answer a couple of questions at the same time as well? Because there are things that we've been privy to for a while now and answers to questions that we know. And there is inevitably going to be scepticism around the fact that this decision looks like it 100% circles around Fallon Carrot. But there was conversations of that women's world match play spot being used as a reserve spot for the world championship should COVID have happened and whatever else for a long, long time anyway way before anybody had even picked that one up. Afterwards, we were privy, when I was sat streaming for the last block of women's series, we already knew this was coming. There, there were conversations right. happening at the time that were saying, no matter what the outcome this weekend, all three will be heading to the World Championship. Right, And it got a little bit carried around the Sunday afternoon on the stream, and I couldn't say an awful lot, but I tried to turn the conversation in, in certain ways. But to say that this wouldn't have happened for anybody else. If Fallon had remained in second spot, we have been assured by the PDC that Bo Greaves would have been given an invitation by finishing third on the order of merit. Right? And the thing is, is the timing of this announcement. If the PDC had put this announcement out before Germany or after Germany, for instance, after the first block of work women's series events, I said, this is happening now. We're going to put three female dart players in through the women's structure that we have via the women's world match play and the women's order of merit, then they could have shirked a lot of this. The issue is that because it's come 
after the fact that Bo has overtaken Fallon, it looks like 100% a pro-Fallon move. And with the reputation that the PDC have, and given that she's been in World Series, etc., over the last couple of years, there's always going to be that either side. That, there's not, not so sure about that. It, we were given that straight up from the PDC in a press room. We were assured of that before a dart was even thrown, that that was the fact. So there's not, I'm not sure about that, or I'm sceptical about that, or I'm not sure, or whatever. That is 100% straight up fact. If Fallon had held on to second spot in the Women's Series Automatic, if she'd beaten Bo in that semi-final, Bo was still going to the World Championships. And they would have announced it pretty much as soon as possible to get all three in. The problem is that because it was Fallon, and they were worried about backlash because of how late they've left this announcement, they've tried to bury it in an England football game and messed it up. There is one of the things They haven't changed qualifying criteria. They've added qualifying criteria. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the bit. There's, there's a big difference that they've added, not like Gob said, they've added, not changed. If you change criteria, that's a completely different can of worms. To add something, yeah. look, it's their tournament, it's their rules, it's their prerogative. If they want to add yeah. to it, they, they, they can. To change something after the season started would be a, a massive no. Yeah. And at this point, I'm, I'm not seeking to justify what they've done either, because I'll be the first to say that every single qualifying route should be set out from the moment a dart is thrown in the season. Everybody should know what they're playing for, when they're playing for it, and the consequences of winning, losing, and being in a certain position. But this is not unlike the PDT. It's not the first time they've been late to the party to clarify qualification routes. We've seen it in the Grand Slam. That was incredibly late this year, as well as in previous years. And we've seen it in previous editions of the World Championships. Here, Christoph Ritarski and Jeff Smith got invites. We've seen Devon Peterson effectively be handed these opportunities in the past as well. And it seems to be that there wasn't as much outpouring of emotion and, and upset at that point as there was towards this announcement from Fallon. I mean, I, I caught somebody out on social media earlier, commenting under the Sky Sports notification. The way they handled that, by the way, was a joke. She wasn't handed anything. The PDC did that as a qualification route. But I caught somebody out going, this is a joke. It should be going to the best person, not the blonde one. It's unfair and disgraceful. And I was like, right, who's the best female dart player at the minute then? Well, I, well it's Lisa or Bo. I was like, you mean those two that have already qualified? This is as well as. So a lot of people are in uproar without actually reading anything or understanding anything. It looked like, oh my God, they've picked her over the other two. It's as well as. The only people yeah. that can really be aggrieved right now is those that are heading towards the PDPA qualifier. Because that extra spot or, or that spot that has gone to the Women's World Match Play Champion could have gone to the PDPA qualifier and given them extra routes to go to the World Championship. And the reason that that is so important is because tour cards are meant to be this golden ticket into professional darts and, and sporting. And actually, they get eight shots at the Grand Slam, but only two at the World Championship, which has a significantly higher weighting of prize money and can affect their career in a lot greater sense. 
So at that point, I, I do feel aggrieved for tour card holders that there isn't more opportunities to qualify for the World Championship through a one-off qualifier compared to other events. But as is the common argument straight back in against that, is that you've had your chance all year. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think it cheapens what Bo's done at all because in Wolverhampton, when they were doing... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All the world championship promo stuff and everything like that. They've done two or three really, really, really nice pieces with Bo, which you'll see during the world championships. Um, I think a couple of pictures were leaked. I think Polly... Has done one of them. She put a couple of pictures out on her social, so you you will see the effort made around boat. Look, will it be the same effort? I'm not saying it'll be on the same scale as what Fallon got, but they are making an effort because boat did do something special. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd agree with you. Just, I guess my my thoughts on it are just. Based on the, the the timing of it, yes, I know. I understand that it makes total sense to play the contents of what Matt said a, a couple of months back. But the one that it is for me, this is the World Championship. This isn't a World Series or a, a Premier League where it's an invitational. This is the World Championship. So if there is one tournament all year where that qualification criteria should be put a year in advance, it's got to be the World Championship. Yes, it should be, be the same with all ranking events where the impact is year on year. But the fact that a world championship spot, there was a criteria that wasn't set publicly and we've only found out about it three weeks before, is it three, four weeks before the world championship that's underway. For me, probably the one person it doesn't help or it definitely doesn't help is Fallon. Does the backlash today on social media with her name attached to it when in reality the announcement is a great announcement for women's sport, not just this year, but hopefully moving forward. The prize money increase is great for the women's sport as well. The announcement itself is a very, very good announcement. Probably though, that's probably on the mind. It's probably a great announcement for women's sport. It's just the timing of it is the only issue. And for me, it's oh, just yeah, got to be set because, because in looking at it, as we've said, if, if it was given to a, another member for the PDPA qualifier, just qualifying for this is £7,500. Yes, it might not impact the women in regards to the rankings because it's not on the tour next year and so on and so forth. But that could have a huge impact on someone else in staying in the tour card race, which is fine if the criteria was set before the before the year started. That's the only downfall for me today on what is, as we was aware, but what is a very, very good announcement from the PDC for the women's side of the day. Yeah, look, absolutely. And as we've said, the prize money has been upped, which is superb for the women. Now on par with the Challenge Tour, which is 
absolutely fantastic. It'll be interesting to see going forward. Is it now three women in the world championship all the time? Will they keep this criteria that it's one well, of the two? They don't, and they make a mockery of what they just done. They have to. Yeah. If they don't, they make an absolute mockery of the decision today, and then trying to justify it all over again. Well, the, there's a part in the there's a part in the statement that says um, the winner of the Betfred Women's World Magpie will also receive a place beginning from the 2022-23 event. So the fact it's beginning from would make it yeah. sound like that's a, a continuous feel, just down off the statement that they released. And for me, uh, short-term vision is, oh, from a Fallon perspective, this is great, or if you're opposed to being in there, it's it's not the news you wanted to hear and there's another opportunity there. However, looking at it long-term, Lloyd says this is great for women's sport, that they've got that third person in the World Championships year on year. For me, like says, it's just the timing that's the issue. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, like I say, look, we knew we knew this was coming, and it was just like I just wish they'd have done it earlier just, because it, it's a celebration of the women's game. That yeah, just added more pressure. For me, it's added more pressure onto the onto the women's game at this World Championship, not just Fallon. I actually think it's probably put a little bit more pressure on Bo and Lisa as well, just because of the old conversations around this part. It, it will have an impact on them because of the timing and not with free being in there. Um, but um, personally, I think it's a, the right decision, just not the right time. Yeah, look, it, it, it's going to be interesting, that, that's for sure. And look, is the World Championship... Better for having Fallon in it? I think so. I think it's more eyes on the product. I think that she offers more to the, the, the product than just another mid-ranked player. That's nothing against that mid-ranked player, but when we're trying to grow the sport globally, internationally, and get eyes on the product, she does that. She does. It's just not an invitational event for me. And that's back to um, Jeff Smith, Devin Peterson and the names that we've had before. It's not the first time, but obviously the name that's been, it's not invited, but is took that final qualification criteria. It's the name who's now got that place that has created this to be a bigger story than what it would be in previous years. The thing is, though, this goes back to, I think we might have had this conversation on WhatsApp, but when there's a sport that hasn't got a governing body, that, that there's no one to answer to. So officially, the promotional company can do what they want. The same as I know we've laughed and joked about Liv, if Liv Darts was made, if Saudi pumped a load of money into Darts and did their tour... They could do exactly the same. There, there's no rules to govern that it's just a almost a wild west that yeah. Barry's often said it, if you don't like it, go and play somewhere else. Well, at the moment, yeah. there isn't there I, I don't like that attitude. And I've I've never liked that like attitude it, and I don't like the fact that the PDC have effectively placed themselves on a pedestal where they think 
they're now untouchable and with that comes decisions like these that are for the benefit of the product not those involved there is going to be a negative side effect of this towards Fallon Cherrick and, and towards other players involved and we're already seeing that on social media and there will be resistance and, and hate, hate towards what they're doing I just think the absence of a governing body does mean that they can basically do what they want and it's not a good look I think the main problem and the thing that has taken me a long time almost this year to just not get as annoyed about it, it does still irritate me and it does still upset me and it does still as, as a sports fan the one thing that I will never ever enjoy about darts in its current setting and in, in, under PDC reign or whatever else is that it, it's not sporting and that Barry basically sold everybody a dream for the last 25 years, saying it's a meritocracy, and if you're good enough, you will be in this position. And for the last five years, six years, seven years, that's been flipped on its heads completely, and it's been about who can make us as a broadcaster or, or an organisation the most money. That That's not sport for me. That's, that's borderline WWE, right? You should be just creating the best, fairest most open environment possible to allow sporting stories to unravel right fairy tales only happen in sport that is one of my favorite lines ever they just do but they happen in natural sporting environments when an underdog comes through and takes out the big favorite or whatever else or somebody makes an epic return or whatever you can't manufacture those moments because people see straight through it it loses the appeal it loses the gloss it's not a big story if people are sat there typing out on twitter three months before it happens going haha can you wait to see what this happens right you only get these in a natural environment and at some point you have to take a step back as the pdc as sky as whoever and say either we back this sport and we back this product and we back this event to be entertaining enough to deliver or we sell a storyline or, or whatever else because it's infuriating and i appreciate people sat here will be expecting me to go a lot bigger on it but it just doesn't get anywhere anymore so at this point you just have to balance it up the best that i can i, I agree to, to a point but i look, look sport sport hasn't been sport for many years not just darts, I'm talking about sport in, in general, that sport has been owned by money for a long, long time. That was how the Premier League started back in the day. It was about money. B Sky B and those fat cat clubs wanted wanted more than everyone else. Effectively, that's how the PDC started with the WDC when those 16 players wanted to be on TV more. We've seen it in boxing. The big fights don't happen because of broadcasting and commercial elements. I just think it's rightly or wrongly now part no, of sport. I accept that's the way the world is, but it, it, it's not justification for me for things happening in that way. And it never should be. Because as sports fans, well, we fall in love with sport because it. anything and everything can happen. Not because somebody in a suit has determined it will get more views than the possibility of anything can happen. But without 
I, I, by the way, I agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But without the sport, without, without the broadcasters, the sponsorship money and the big money, no sport would be where it is. You'd still have dark players like they were back in the day that would do 40 hours on a building site and then try and get there. It's it's that money that has created the professional environment as well. To some regard, in, in some sports, that's that's not true. And in some sports, they just refuse to sell their soul for it, basically. The problem is that darts has been playing catch-up with other major sports for the last 20 years. So in doing so, have sold their soul to be the second most watched televised sport in the UK, in a, in a nation that is ridiculously sport-mad, that loves football and Formula One and cricket and rugby and has possibly one of the most diverse ranges of sport and ability to punch well above the nation's weight in a sporting environment in the world. So because of that, they're constantly up against it to, to get noticed. And you see all the Olympic pathways and everything. There are only so many people to play so many sports. Not everybody is a gifted sportsman. At some point, you're going to run out of talent-seeking options. But darts are still competing for that talent pool and trying to be more attractive and all of those sort of things to sponsors, which... Look, I understand. I just don't think it's right. We all know the matchroom blueprint. Anyone that's read Barry's book know his 10 commandments, and one of them is profit line. Says it in his book and reads it himself. Does it always make him right, though, Philip? I'm not, not saying it does. But it's almost the same with your football club. That you all want the Glazers out, but they're never going to get rid of it when they're creaming off £50 million a year. That's true, Philip. Doesn't make you one. Right, moving on. The final televised sorry, major before the World Championship heads to Butlins in Minehead this weekend. It is the Players' Championship Finals. Dress rehearsal, boys. Last time that these players have got to get it right before Alexandra Palace. Not get it right, just get in a better position, I think, is the way to look at it. Not everything has to click right now. There's, there's an element of clicking too early. But yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, first of all, this draw bracket is slightly wrong because Peter Wright is on there, but like we said earlier, um, he will not be there due to obviously his wife Joe not being well. Um, excited that Jean Van Veen gets that spot. Yeah, not in the, the circumstance you would like. Look, there were definitely easier draws than being dropped into Ross Smith as well, by the way, who is somehow 56th <laughs> in, the, in the ranking. How? How is that even possible? The man just want to... This, this tournament is interesting because much like the European Championship as well, the seedings are all over the place and they have been more and more in the last few years because the top eight, the top 16, the Premier League boys, the players, the World Series players have, have been a little bit more... Lacks a days ago with the 
selective, that's the word, selective with their, with their schedule. It does mean that Damon Hatter is, is number one seed for the Players' Championship finals. Like, it's just not something you expected to see at the start of the year. No, look, I can completely agree. Um, but also, before we divulge into these sections, Gary Anderson on board two. <laughs> Don't wind him up That's even more. <laughs> That's now an afternoon session at the match play. First on at the Grand Prix, and now stage two at Minehead. There's a message there somewhere. And 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 yeah. closed this fishing aid. And the Premier League should take a look at that, by the way. Sorry, Boise. I've just I just think people are trying to annoy him as much as possible. Closing his fishing light twice a week. Now you put him on stage two, put him on day number one. Is everyone just out to annoy Darry Anderson? Is that the aim? And then Ryan Sell's trying to push him into practice. Casual. Um just a quick one before we look at the games. Um Patrick is in the chat room. He says if Sheen beats Ross, he will miss the West of Europe qualifier on Saturday. Patrick, do you know? If Jean loses, is he then flying back to Holland or wherever the qualifier is to then fly back to the UK? Because he's in the Super Series on Monday. That's a lot of air miles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he could be going... He could be doing a, a massive in at the... Um, UK trip then, because he's in Portsmouth on Monday morning. Um, but right, we're going to have a look at the Players' Championship Finals. Again, chat room, get involved in this. Right, four sections. I would like semi-finalists. And I forgot, the first two rounds are brutal. We're potentially going to get Josh Rock, Michael Van Gerwen over best of 11 in round two. After we smash the Yanks, by the way. Um, you right, Tugboat, how are we doing? Uh, cheers, Patrick. Thank you. Oh, God, who let him in? Um, right, so section number one of the draw. We have Damon Hetter, Ricardo Petresco, Callum Ridge, Maddoz Razma, Andrew Gilding, Ricky Evans, Adrian Lewis, Keen Barry, Gerwin Price, Ryan Joyce, Brendan Dolan, Jermaine Watamino, Jean Van Veen, Ross Smith, Johnny Clayton, and John O'Shea. In section number one. Who's coming through that one then? The obvious pick for me in the first section. You know, the number eight seed. I'll, I'll, I'll have to go first after predicting Michael Smith to win the Grand Slam. It's not been mentioned yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, price, price for me, quarter one. Yeah. 
Um, sorry, John, lad. Uh, Ross Smith beats A.D. Lewis in the quarters. Smith. Uh, I am. Um, I really, really want Adrian Lewis to do it, but I don't think he does. I'm going for Gatherin Price in section one. Section two. Dirk Van Dyvenboda, Mickey Mansell. That's a horrid game for Dirk. Absolute horrid. Um, Daryl Gurney, Keegan Brown, Ryan Searle, Mervyn King, Stephen Bunting, Jamie Hughes, Rob Cross, Kevin Dukes, Gabriel Clements, Gary Anderson, Martin Schindler, Vincent van der Voort, Chris Doby, Gert Nenches. What you say in chat room? Who comes through this quarter? you boys saying? Rob, you first. Dirk beats Rob Cross. Dolby beats I'd fancy a run from Chris Dolby if he wasn't a massive football fan and England played on a Friday night. It's not a bad section of the draw to be, though. It could be worse. Hmm. Dolby, that's past Derny for me. Dolby. Right. <laughs> this next one is an absolute bloodbath. I really want to say it, but I don't know if I can bring myself to. Gary, go on, a boy. The lake is Gary closed. Anderson. Go on, reel yourself in. Go on, after you spent 20 minutes teeing up that Searle interview earlier, going, oh, look, we're going to real gob it. You've done it to yourself, you clown. I'm going for Gary. Gary Anderson comes through section two. You're an idiot. <laughs> um, <coughs> section number three. Luke Humphreys, Nathan Rafferty. Jim Williams, Mike Decker, Christoph Ratajskin, William O'Connor, Jose de Salza, Danny Janssen, Dave Chisnell, Neil Zonneveld, Scott Williams, Alan Souter, Joe Cullen, Roby John Not Rodriguez, Kim Hybrex, Raymond Van Barneveld. This is a stinky <laughs> part of the draw. Yeah. It, the, the first rounds are horrible. Like From what we've just seen last week, Souter versus Scott Williams, first round. No, what Robinson produced over short games by Joel Cullen, Kim Barney, Humphreys Rafferty. That's horrible. Um, Joel Cullen will beat Christoph Ratoisty in the quarterfinals. Saying Gob Humphreys beats Hybrex in the quarterfinals. Uh, 
Scott Williams. Behave. Scott Williams will beat Alan Suter, I think. Chisnell will beat Nils Onabeld. And for the same reason that you can't back Dovey, I can't back Chisnell. Yeah, but hear me out. Chisnell's tolerance is a lot higher. Yeah, but when he's still in reds at four in the morning. Which is standard procedure in my head. <laughs> anyway, carry on. And I was, you yeah. think Scott wouldn't do the same? What's that? You think Scott won't be there as well? Hmm. No. Just make your pick. Get on section, with it. Section four. Nathan Aspinall, Martin Cleomacher, Matt Campbell, Steve Beaton, Danny Noppert, Simon Whitlock. We've seen that one before. James Wade, Mentor Sulevich, Michael Smith, Richie Edhaz, Dimitri Vandenberg, Martin Lukeman, Josh Rock, Cameron Menzies, Michael Van Gerwen, Ryan Meikle. Oh, turn in it, boys. No, it's yours. Oh, bugger. <coughs> um, hmm. Oh, get. Oof. Ooh, um, Michael Smith beats James Wade in the quarterfinals. I'm definitely not backing Wadey for the world, am I? Because of where it is. So I've got to get him in one last time for this year. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going for, Boise? I'm going for revenge. Nathan Aspinall beats Michael Smith in the quarterfinals. section of this quarter is horrid. Absolute horrid. Doesn't look great on screen either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm using Wikipedia. <laughs> I am going for uh, Evening Murph. Hope you are good. Number one seed gets through. Damon Hatter. I'm going to go for Michael Smith to beat Danny Noppert. In the corners. <laughs> I read that from you, Damon. Now we have semi-finalists. Chat room as well. From your semi-finalists, I would like a winner and a runner-up of the Kazoo Players' Championship. 
Who's going first? I'll go first. Yeah, one after you. After you. Price beats Dolby in semi-final one. Joe Pullen beats Aspinall in semi-final two. And the only time that the Welsh win anything over the next couple of weeks is Derwin Price winning the Players' Championships. <laughs> what are you going for, Gob? For the second time in a week, a first-time major winner. He's been very close in Minehead before. Luke Humphreys will beat Dirk van Dijvenboda in the final. Out of my selections, I would love to say Gary Anderson wins the first semi-final, but I don't see it. I'm going Gerwin Price to beat Gary Anderson and Michael Smith to beat Scott Williams. And I am going for the number one in the world, Gerwin Price, to beat Michael Smith in a close final. Three, three straight finals for Michael Smith. Yeah. Bravery. Your parents had it too. Right, chat room, what are we saying? Um, Rose has gone for a bit random. She's got Merv King. I'll take um, a bit Merv. Smith beats Heta. Jack says Ash beat Gezi. Um, Daniel, uh, Daniel says Sell beat John O'Shea. Whitlock Aspinall, Whitlock to win the final. Uh, Craig Humphreys to beat Bobby Cross. Chris Jose de Salza to beat Dirk. And Price winner, Asp runner-up from Kieran. Um, Murph has gone for Hetta v. Cross. Humphreys v. Smith. Who wins it there, Murph? What are you going for? Um, Jay. And Frank. Don't have to see Luke winning one anytime soon. Price to win it all. Jay's gone for... Four straight wins for Smith, then he wins the Worlds. Final MBG to beat Dobie. Anderson to beat Smith. Smith to beat Price. A lot of love for Michael Smith right now. Gurney beats Rafa, who's in his MDA match. <laughs> like that, Johnny. Like that indeed. Now, look, like we said, though, this is the final tune-up for these players to get it right. No second chances after this need to play your way into a little bit of form. And, of course, there's some players that have got to be, potentially, that they may have to bolt up the road for the World Series, for the World Championship qualifier, potentially. Yeah, not ideal. No. But they should have done more this year. No sympathy. Get it done. Get it done. Um, right, some 
semi-good news for the WBF. Still not enough, but they have increased the Masters prize money. Um, now, for, potentially four people can make a profit instead of two. I suppose it's better than nothing. Cynical fuck. Yep. Well, facts are there for themselves. Only the semi-finalists will make money. That's not being cynical. That's just looking at the, the costs of the hotel and what it is to get there. Look, it's, great that they found, it, it, it's great that they found some extra cash. Is it enough? No. Not for the second biggest tournament in their calendar and the most historic tournament left on the darting calendar. Deserves more. Should have more. I don't think the decision will change the mind of many of the players, if I'm being honest. No. Speaking to a few of them the other week, I just, it needs to be a lot more. <coughs> oh, c- completely. Um, no, no TV either, which is disappointing. But expected. Yeah. Well, there will be TV, but it'll be retrospective highlights, won't it? So, pain in the ass. And, and, and um, so because if it is, then we'll keep an eye on it. But yeah. Um, also, the Super Series at the weekend didn't disappoint. Finally, the curse of Group A is over. Colin Osborne wins. The weekly title and books his place in Champions Week. I don't That's know how. The final, he was very, very good. The semi-final oh, against Darren Mudd was an absolute misfest at doubles. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Aptly won on double one in the end, but it was, oh my God, that was a tough watch. It's just something so watchable about Aaron that you just never know what you're going to get. And that's what what he's going to get. No. I'm surprised he played with the same set of darts for the whole week. Heat right 2.0. Yeah. Um, But no, the, the Super Series was good. Well, in a week of darts, what else have we missed? <coughs> Before the um, Slam, the ADC Undisputed Series yeah. continued in um, Wolverhampton with um, James Richardson winning ja- his belt back. James Richardson, yeah. European title for the second time, beating Kevin Painter in... Um, Extended leads. It went to having to win by two clear, and Richardson won eleven nine. Stop Marsh retained the English title against Adam Atkinson, um, and then the rest were just challenged matches on the night where Reese totally come through against Twist Whittenden. Um, Sean Matthews beat Paul um, Coleman, and Charlie Simmons come through against Raymond Marshall. But 
it was it was a very the night the first ADC event been fortunate enough to go to, but um, it ran fairly smoothly and obviously the partnership is now about to be in full force with the Super Series. Yeah, look, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to seeing those undisputed nights at the Super Series HQ. Yes. Um, because look, there's some good players there and to give them good coverage and proper coverage as well, not just a camera on the board that they're going to get the full treatment for playing there. That Smoke you'll have the and everything. Yeah, you'll have the the, the multi screens that the lot. So look, that's a a, a real plus. Um, also, Jose Justicia and Sebastian Bilowetsky are going to the World Championships. One of them is very, very good news. One of them questionable. It is questionable. However, but the fact he's allowed to not, compete means it hasn't been reported through official channels, I, I, so I, he's I, not I, done anything. I was about to say that we've all heard the rumours and we've all heard the stories, but the fact that no governing body has reported it to the DRA sucks. If it happens, yeah. it should be reported and the book thrown at him if he's guilty. But the fact it mm -hmm. hasn't even been reported is an issue. Yeah. By the signs of it. Because I'm I'm pretty sure that if it had been reported to the DRA, he would be suspended whilst it was something that serious was being investigated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, an interesting one. Um, it's alleged he assaulted a female player at a WDF event in Valencia, was it? Somewhere like that, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's with a yeah, that, that's the, the accusation. Um, it's been around for a while. But just search it on Twitter. It's it's there for a lot of people to to, to go and see. Um, but yeah, good news that Sebastian Bilowetsky is there. Obviously, that's another one that now won't compete in the WDF Worlds whenever that happens. Yeah. Because at one point... I don't know what rules anymore. I don't get what a crossover is. I don't know. Until that well, tournament well, actually starts with a rule set, I, I, it's not even worth guessing not, who's going to play and who's not. Last year, the WDF rules were the men couldn't play in both. And that was a yeah. WDF rule. So, But that very much well changed now, given potential dates and whatever else. Yeah, and the number of players they will surely lose to Q school. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Should we open up the chat room for question time, boys? <coughs> yes. Right then, fire away, folks. Question, <laughs> question time on the live lounge. Get them in. 
and we'll do our best to answer them. Or if not, we'll just let God swear. That's what normally happens, isn't it? That was only work, idiots. Well, I think, do I think I can last the pace? Tug, do you know who you're talking to, sir? Is there a pop world in York? Apparently so. That's amazing. Making sure the yeah. hotel is central for that one. Not that I have any say in that, but yes. <laughs> gonna go, we very nearly went in Portsmouth the other week, and we didn't, and I'm regretting it. And I think we should next time I'm there. Not me and you. I knew it was Henry. Ten minutes like ten minute walk to the bar. Yeah, because there's one in Blackpool. We're going back there. I don't think there's one in Yeovil. I'll be completely honest. To the point where I had to Google where is Yeovil the other week. <laughs> Yeah. Um, who do you want to see drawn against each other at the World's Draw next Monday? There's one draw that I don't want to see, and it is an absolute nightmare if it happens. That either Bo, Lisa or Fallon draw Josh Rock with the winner to play Peter Wright because you're going to lose two of the three on opening night. Yeah. I think the other one that's very, very interesting in that draw at the minute is Cameron Menzies. Yeah. It's got to be said, isn't it? The man's in a relationship with Fallon, so there's a potential they could play each other. There's a potential that he could play any of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boys, hold the call for a second. I've got to take this call. Give me a second. You ain't that popular. What you? What's he chatting? Um, <laughs> is Barney going to be seeded thirty-two to number one at the world? Where is he at the moment? I can't believe. At least he loses his place as well, Bob. Franking yet? Yeah, neither have I. He's currently thirty-two. It depends on a big run from Eddie Lewis, Simon Whitlock, Madders Rasma this weekend. I can't see anyone else from further outside that catching him. So it's definitely on the cards. Would Ando play the seniors? I don't know. Genuinely not one that I'm aware of. I think the thing with Ando is he's just going to hang around in the PDC as long as he possibly can to annoy people, which I think is brilliant. But yeah, Cameron, um, predictions for the PDPA qualifier. I'm not even sure he's in it. Anyone 33 down on the Pro Tour Order of Merit World Championship race, I guess. And I'd probably exclude anyone who has a decent run on Sunday because that will not benefit you having the travel on Sunday night slash Monday morning. I think that. Yeah. 
as much as you want to have the best run possible on TV, it could have a detrimental effect. In poker, they have a ladies' event, but men can play if they pay 10k, whereas women pay 2k. Would you ever see anything like that in darts? I don't think so. Not with all the meritocracy that we've been sold for the last few years. That's a step backwards, I think, my opinion. Uh, Major wants to know why your tree is up. Jamie, has anyone done it? We have no idea why his tree is up, John. We gave him enough abuse about it when we came on in our little waiting room bit. And we're still not sure about it. But <laughs> There's only one bars, isn't there? Um, one in Wolverhampton. Is there a favourite for the world at this point? According to the bookies, yeah. You'd have to say Michael. I think so. Wait, which one? The smart art. Van Derwin. <laughs> Two of the top four are called Michael. I've only just clicked on yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, because he's won three events this year, took a pretty good performance to knock him out in here as well. Manager schedule, right? I don't think he's going to be suffering from burnout or anything. It's just can he peak in those key moments? Um, so, yeah, I, I think Van Gerwen is still favourite for the world. What is the Viaplay contract of all the Euro Tours next year? I don't know the ins and outs of it. We were going to do a sit-down with the PDC over the weekend, but it's been pushed back to next weekend now, I believe. So we'll have some more details on that Viaplay contract. Um, after the Players' Championship Finals next week. Uh, no more John Cena. Interesting tour for the seniors next year. I agree. Babe Station called him back? Definitely not. No chance. Mm. <laughs> if you think I will bottle it in the world. I don't like that phrase at all, especially not in this sport, because not every loss is a bottle or a lack of bottle or anything like that. Sometimes your opponent is just better than you. I think there will be a lot of attention on Bo Greaves, especially from your more knowledgeable darts fans. I think you will still get some casuals that don't know who Bo is, but there will be a lot of attention from actual darts fans, a lot of expectation from those that have seen the levels that she's produced on the women's series this year compared to Lisa and Fallon that everybody is familiar with on TV, but it is very much draw dependent. I mean, at the minute she could run into... Well, who's Josh Rock, Andrew Gildin, Martin Lukeman, A.D. Lewis, Scott Williams. Would you say if she loses 20 of them, she's bottled it? Probably not. Could you see her having a crack at yeah. Niels Donneveld, maybe, potentially? It, it is very much draw dependent on it because there's, there's probably some within that 32 who I would then be looking at and expecting her to win because a right aim is very, very good. It's just like it says, it's that stage day. It's all it is. Yes, she's won the um she won the world championships in April. Um but it is just all dependent on that then. There's gonna be a lot of nerves. It's her first world championship in the PDC, so it's dame dependent. Some of some of the players in that Proto Order of Merit would be a shot in draw for her and some 
which Tud made it more difficult, though. Some she could be going in as maybe not as favourite, but a lot closer to if she drew someone like Josh Rock, that pressure might be eased on her shoulders a little bit more than if she got someone like a, a Mansell or a Zonneveld who's a bit further down that pecking order. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the draw for the World Championship is next Monday. We don't have a time for it yet. As soon as they release that, we will discuss if we're going to be live reacting to it, if we'll start our show earlier or whatever else comes of that. Obviously, we have live streamed alongside it in the past. We tend to rely on somebody who actually pays for a Sky contribution rather than some of us um, for that one, which is most helpful. Um, so we'll go from there. Am I bringing my darts to York? Yeah, probably. I'll test the stage out, mate. It's my official job. Uh, how many qualifiers are there for the World Championship around the world? So there's 32 international qualifiers. Whether or not you actually class them as around the world is a different matter. I think international qualifiers is just a broader term to anybody that doesn't come with a straight-up tour card route. Um, did you like our sign at Wolverhampton? Was that you, Max, saying, where's Phil Bars? <laughs> On opening up. <laughs> Or night. I'd lit, that was the only thing I'd watched all night. It was the first time I tuned in, and within 30 seconds, there was a sign on my screen that says, where is Phil Bars? Of all the things to see in the dark. The man loved it as well, by the way. It was on his social media accounts all over the place. The minute he was told about it, he went back looking for it. Trust me. So, yes, he did. Yes, I was. I don't know. <laughs> To, to be fair, someone actually sent it to me. Yeah, right. Um, I like this question. Has MVG won enough world titles for his talent? No. No. For a player that is consistently compared to Phil Taylor as the greatest of all time, Phil Taylor won something like 16 of 21 world championships that he played in. Marco Van Gerwen is three from 14? Something like that. So, no, I think is, is the unanimous answer there. Anyone? Boys, you want to disagree? No, not with you this time. I'm sure I'll find something short, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 2007 Worlds, Lloyd was 3-0 and 2-0 up on Barney and lost and was never the same player again. Any other players drop we can trace back to a moment or game? Ooh. Wadey at the Worlds. Not necessarily his game overall, but Wadey on a World Championship stage in Draftgate with Lewis. Yeah, I, Not I quite the same drop, but I, I guess Ted Evitt's lost to Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably Clements as well. He's never he's never been the same since the slam last year. There must have been a moment Kim Hybrex dropped, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Premier League. Yeah, we all have MVG price up as clear favourite. Yeah. What's your favourite and best? Darts launch this year. The Wimble one for me. 
I'm a bit skeptical of launches now because it's, a lot of it is same same. I like innovation, and I, I tend to pick up different products or, or different accessories from different brands. I think is the way that I go with it. Like there was a new Matt or, or Oki from Winmar that I really liked. Um, the cabinets from Unicorn, I think they look a lot smarter than they have done in the past. They came out last week, especially as my pub venue are looking at moving to cabinets, which I don't necessarily agree with, but if that's where we're going for it, they look pretty good. Um, there was something from Mission, I think. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head now. And actually, in terms of a concept, the new modular thing surround from Target looks pretty good, but I, I just don't like the price point of it, so I won't ever get a chance to, to have a crack at it. Um, yeah, I guess that's where we're going with that one. Will the PDPA qualifier be streamed? I highly doubt it. No, qualifiers are never streamed. Yeah. <coughs> Is Barney Price's bogey player? He's not got a great record against him. Was he one and six before this week? And then he's now one and eight. Have I made that up? Or was he one and six, price on one five straight, and then he's won two more? I definitely remember seeing head to head stats at one point. Uh, does Boise have an announcement this week? No. No, no announcement. What? You're letting us down, Boise. You know, every not every week, Boise's like, he feels like there's going to be an announcement. Yeah. No. You're not feeling it this week? No. <laughs> 100% no. I'm done with as well. Not just a, just not a no. Clear no, it's not happening. You literally could have said anything then. We could have teed you up for an announcement and you could have just said, it's coming home and you've just gone, nope. It, yeah, it's not coming home yet. I'll give you down a couple of weeks. Um, Chris, I don't think the PDPA qualifiers ever been streamed. They normally have Dawson roaming around a bit, I think, in the past. Yeah. Like two schools last day, but never streamed. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember actually a streaming board at the PDPA qualifier. Uh, from the 32 Pro Tour qualifiers, uh, a region not qualify. Who does a regional qualifier not want to draw? Aren't most of them. Don't want Brock. Yeah. Don't like the pace of Yeldon. Lukeman's playing well. Rasmus awkward. Jack Potts had his moments this year. Roby John, if he stops prattling around on 180s, will do damage. Scott Williams, the same. Jim Steady. Meekle's pace will upset you. Willie O'Connor's experience. Stevie Beaton staying alive. Jermaine on the up. Simon Whitlock on the up. Keen Barry, better the second half of this year than he has been the first. Ricky Evans has been putting a lot of work into his game. Suits, we've seen the damage from him the last few weeks. Sedler checked an interesting one, I guess. And maybe Jamie Hughes. Yeah. You, you wouldn't go, oh yeah, a massive favourite against them because they're experienced, but I think they are games where you could target a win a little bit more. Danny Janssen the same. His second half of the year has not been great. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy most I, of them. I look at players like Jamie Hughes that on the floor, he's done some amazing things, but he just can't replicate it on TV. Yeah. 
but you still wouldn't fancy your chances to go, yeah, right, this is the game where I do him. Because anybody could just rock up. Oh, yeah, com- completely. You won that you already tore out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere, but in the heat, didn't it? Superb. I'm not sure if Barry will be at the draw. I know it's Bridgie, Webby and Wayne, I think, doing the draw on Monday. Live on Sky Sports News. Which, if we can... England don't play Monday or anything stupid next week, do they? Tuesday. Uh, Friday and then Tuesday, I think. Um, potentially, once we know the time, we may bring the live lounge forward and incorporate the draw in it. Like we did last year. I'm good with that. Just need to try and find out what time it is. I'll, I'll ping Webby. He'll tell me. Yeah, I'm summing up. Yes, Rose, it will be live. The only live draw of the year will be on Sky Sports. Live draw! Uh, I think it was uh, 7 o'clock. Depends, Craig, because they're on the qualifier through 2 in the afternoon. They normally give themselves like an hour after that qualifier's finished. Yeah. And they don't normally have a World Cup to slot it into as well. Yeah. It'll, I'll 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 get the I'll, I'll get the lowdown from Webster. He'll he'll tell us, which will be cool. Um, remember the Super Series returns in the morning, day two of Group A. Uh, Connor Heenahan and Mike Warburton lead the way. Lisa Rashton played some good stuff today as well, boys. A couple of high nineties averages. Yes. <laughs> I haven't watched um, it. I watched the football. <laughs> I didn't watch any of the football. The only bit of football I've seen today is Gareth Bale's penalty. That was it. Just stuck to my guns. Um, right, I think that's us just about done, boys. Can't think of it. We haven't missed anything glaring, have we? Don't think so. We normally do. But I don't think we have tonight. Oh, 100%. No. We, almost, we, all, we always miss something. Um, but thank <laughs> you very, very much for the last few hours. Oh, Craig says, are you doing Fallout Bar during the world? Absolutely. Depends who sponsors us. I'm going to go uh, full Dan Dawson away in Marvel. If low six aren't paying for it, we're not doing it. <laughs> we are the Fallout Bar. No, I'm joking. We'll do Fallout it anyway. Fallout Bar is a staple of the long tournaments. Um, it gets you guys talking, which is all good. Um, but thank you very much for your support over the last few hours. We will keep you posted on the time for next Monday so we can incorporate the draw into it as well. I mean, Phil Bars, Lee Boyce, Jack Garwood, pleasure as always, gentlemen. 
plenty of stuff dropping this week on our YouTube channel as always. And we will see you all very, very soon.